Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Welcome back to Looking Above. We are so glad that you have joined us today. My name is Karen and this is Brooklyn. Hi. And we're here again to just help us on this journey of looking above, of keeping our eyes focused on Jesus and on things of heaven rather than things of earth. And today we're moving on. We've been working through building a resilient life with Rebecca Lyons. And today we're moving on. I think we're in chapters 11 and 12. And we're talking about um, training, resistance training and growth. We're going to talk again a little bit more about neuroplasticity and training our brains and just dive a little bit more into what that looks like and how we um, train our brains. Yeah. Train our brains. Yep. And then, yeah, like she said, we talk about the physical aspect of resilience, which I think I haven't really been focusing on. I've been focusing more on Mm -hmm. mental resilience, Mm -hmm. but this is really good too. Yeah. Yeah. And spiritual resilience. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So to kind of tie a little bit of the physical into that and just understanding how our body bodies work. And right now, as we're going through this study, the group that we are with, the other members of our group are all counselors. I was just thinking about them um, and all of this. So I was thinking about them because our physical resilience and our mental resilience and our spiritual resilience is really all tied together. And they just keep bringing that back up and Mm -hmm. talking about those links. And um, so we can't neglect the body and the brain Mm -hmm. and how the brain plays into our resilience. Yeah. So it's a good, it's a good chat. Uh, Chapter 11 got my attention (laughs) and it's really an age thing. (laughs) So in chapter 11, she says that at age 50, which I am hmm, two and a half years away from, (laughs) um, (laughs) at age 50 is when the decline, physical and mental decline really start to accelerate. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I don't like to think of myself as nearing 50. In my brain, I am not this old. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like a lot of people are going to be very surprised by your age. That I'm almost 50. Yeah. Oh, I, in my brain, I am not that old. And so, um, so it was kind of a harsh reality check when I read this chapter. And I was like, oh, wow, you are 47. That means you're real close to that place where it's like slippery slope downward. But, but um, this is the good news. And I really like silver linings. The good <laughs> news is that she said 70% of the effects of aging are optional. Which is crazy. And I think if more people knew that. Yeah, I would hope that they would do something with that. Because 70%. That's over half. Right. That's most. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's most of the effects of aging that are optional. And so, um, wow. 
I just, I think we all just think, well, this is what happens and we get to midlife, whatever we define that as. And like, okay, now we're on the backside of our life. So we'll let it happen. Right. And so we just resign ourselves to that. And um, so this really gives me hope. This discussion gives me hope and it gives me a desire to um, combat, I guess, aging and Mm -hmm. some of these declines that we can see. It doesn't have to be the way that it is. Yeah. Does it intimidate you or does it give you like motivation? I'm a, I'm a motivation girl. I think for some, it would probably be like, Oh, now I have to put in more work and this is going to be hard. I have um, to battle 70% of aging. Yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> always been the person who's like, if someone tells me I can't, mm-hmm. then I'm like, yeah. I will. <laughs> Let me show you, you know, don't tell me I can't because I'm going to. So I kind of am like, I'm going to prove my body wrong. Like you don't have to decline. So this so, is my new resolve. We will so see. what are some examples <laughs> of ways you can combat aging? Yeah, well, she talks a lot about how um, comfort and ease are what lead to decline. Mm. And so a lot of, I think, what lends towards aging is just that we slow down and we become more sedentary. And the more sedentary we are, the more effects of aging we're going to see. And that's all the way around, like in all parts Mm -hmm. of our life. It's not just do you exercise or do you not, but living a less sedentary lifestyle and um, learning things and doing things. And we'll get into more of this, I think, as we go here, but Mm -hmm. um, resistance. And she Mm -hmm. talks in this chapter about resistance training and like how physical resistance training is what you need to build muscle. And so it translates then into the spiritual and Mm -hmm. into the mental as well we have to keep learning new things. Like we, we make resistance for our brains. We learn new skills and learn new hobbies and learn new information. Um, which is probably the one piece of this that I'm the best at. I love researching and Mm -hmm. finding out new things, learning new things. Um, but then to apply that also to the spiritual, you know, if, if we want to grow in our faith if we want our faith to grow by leaps and bounds, we do impossible things and we ask God for impossible things and we step out in faith and we start doing harder things and things that will only succeed if he is present. Yeah. It's so good. So I think that's, that's the big thing is like, we've got to stop looking for comfort and ease. And choose the path path of least resist or no, most choose the path resistance. of most resistance, <laughs> not the path path of least resistance. Goodness gracious. Yeah. But yeah, but, but that's that actually brings up a good point, because that yeah. is the saying, choose the path of least least resistance. Why right. can you not say that? <laughs> yeah. But least resistance. And that is what we do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, she says in the book, I think it what page 148 she says we are wired to take the easiest path Mm -hmm. and I I found that interesting I did have to pause on that because what my brain immediately goes to is is that the way God created us or is that a result of the fall and of eons right Mm -hmm. like hundreds and hundreds of years of our brains adapting over time like I I tend to think it's our sin nature that yeah. actually seeks the easiest path. It's our flesh, right? Our flesh wants what's easy. And so um, I tend to think that this has become more 
evolved into us as after the fall. Well, you look generationally and even my grandparents do not take the easiest path like my generation does. Even my parents, they take an easier path than my grandparents, but then my generation and then the generations below me, mm-hmm. is we want convenience and ease and it seems to just be getting worse and worse, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. My grandmother had huge gardens in her yard mm-hmm. th- that produced vegetables that she would freeze and, you know, and use and share. And she had to do the work of tilling the ground. And, you know, we have some small ones, but this year, Paul said, this is the last year I do this. If you're not going to use the vegetables because it comes in so fast that then it sits. And I, I I will confess, like I did not do the work this year of getting things frozen, getting things ground up and put away so that it could stay. And we lost a lot of vegetables this year. That never would have happened with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. That's you how know, mine is she, too. Yeah. Right. She never would have wasted that. Um, like goodness, she, <laughs> I just remember this white blouse that she had, this white cotton blouse that she had. And she wore that thing until holes were through. I've probably shared this before. Cause it just is such a impactful thing till holes were through her elbows. And then she cut it off and sewed it up. And she kept wearing that white blouse as a short sleeve. Oh, I love that. But we just, you know, like we get tired of something and we just go buy a new one. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do the work and we go out to eat, you know, and, um, the, the path of least resistance is what we have conditioned ourselves to do. And that is just not what God's best is for us. And that's what she's talking about in this chapter is that resistance and choosing the hard thing is so much better for us. If we want to become resilient people, we can't live lives of ease and comfort. No. Nope. Look at what's going on in the Middle East right now you know, and, and has been going on forever. And I, I just think so many of these places and the same things are happening in Africa and, you know, all around the world. And these people are then like, have to take flight from their country and they leave and they are being so resilient, Mm -hmm. right? They just pick up and they leave and they are, they're figuring it out as they go. And there is something within them, I think, you know, probably they've lived a much harder life than we Right. And, and they are so resilient. And I was just thinking yesterday, if this happened in America, we would just fall apart because we are so conditioned to ease. Or I look at the Bible and I think about like the things that have happened in the Bible even. And I'm like, oh my goodness, how now we are not strong enough to withstand it because we've had such a life of ease. Right. Right. My dad He's a retired army guy and he just retired a few years ago. And now he sells track chairs, which are like these big wheelchairs that can go into nature, basically. Mm. So for people that want to hunt and stuff. Anyways, he'll tell me every now and then a story of because he delivers them and he talks with them and all the things. But he's told me multiple stories of like children that have been in car accidents, broke their back, their whole family died. This is the most recent. Their whole family died. And now they got this track chair. And I said, I could not do your job. I would not want to go and see, like it would break my heart. And he said, what's really amazing is the resilience that Mm -hmm. they show. Mm -hmm. Like these people are just so much more resilient than Mm -hmm. you would think, but they didn't have a choice. But, and then they rose up to the occasion. But resistance grows resilience. Exactly. And if we are choosing a life of ease and comfort, we are choosing to make ourselves less resilient. Mm -hmm. And that takes us back 
uh, she had this quote in here too. When our appetites are in charge, we respond with instinct and craving instead of with discipline for the greater outcome. Which I think could be looked at at food and Mm -hmm. also just as a metaphor. Right. Because when we get to choose, we choose what's instant and Mm -hmm. easy Mm -hmm. instead of choosing discipline, which is harder. Right. And takes more time. It's going to change us in the long run. So what do you think would shift if we started, if we, all of us started to, as God's people, think of ease and comfort as coming from the enemy? Yeah, we would be. If we thought of ease and comfort as the enemy and started to seek doing things the hard way, how would that change us? I think it would be we would become more resilient, as we've said. But I think I've seen a shift in some women in my generation lately um, who are looking like mostly in their homes, but are growing their own food and making the meals and Mm -hmm. making their own cleaning products. And I think they're kind of picking up things that our grandparents used to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's really, really cool. And I think they've seen the positive outcome of that um, versus choosing the Mm -hmm. ease and... Well, and, you know, some of that is science driven, right? We're Mm -hmm. seeing the effects of using the easy, you know, if we go to the store and buy Windex and now we're seeing, oh, well, all those chemicals in there are contributing to X, Y, and Z and infertility and all -hmm. of these things, right? And so part of that is a science driven finding where they're saying, you know, I could use vinegar and a balled up newspaper and clean my windows, Mm -hmm. you know, in a much healthier manner. And yes, I think you're right. There, there is, um, there is a push and it is coming from your generation to like, let's do it the hard way. Let's slow our lives down to where we have the time to do it the hard way. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think a big piece of it is that we have become so busy. Yes. That is my problem. We need to do things the easy way because we don't have time to do it the hard way. Yeah, I have seen that in my life. I feel like this whole semester, I've just been confessing on this podcast, (laughs) but this is another confession is that is really a problem for me. It's just, I really seriously don't have time right now, which I'm making time and I will have time soon, but Mm -hmm. to cook dinner, like a really good meal most nights Mm -hmm. or to make the cleaning products or garden. I want to garden and then I end up- the property, you could do it. I know, and I have property, but I quit because I'm like, I don't have time to go spend an hour watering every day. But I want to dedicate myself to that. I told Stephen, when someone asks me to do something, I'm going to compare it to like cooking dinner for you guys. And if I want to do that more, like Mm. if it holds more value than that, which certain things sometimes might. But most of the time, I think a lot of my answers are going to be no in the future. (laughs) Right. And I think we do, we have to get to that place where we have to put these ultimatums in our Mm -hmm. head, where we have to make these decisions. I told you when I started making a more concerted effort in feeding my family Mm -hmm. well and making things from scratch, part of that was coming because we were having so many health issues. And I thought I can either continue to spend money on ridiculous doctor bills or I can start spending money on whole foods and the time that it's going to take to make better prepared meals that are going to feed my family well and prevent the illness. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a decision. And so I do think we've been a lot healthier since I've made that. Now, are we 
perfectly healthy? No, because several of us already had autoimmune conditions Mm -hmm. underway, but I'm hoping that those choices will slow down the effects Mm -hmm. in the long run. But yes, we have to weigh this. And I think that's kind of what my question is getting at here is what if we started to see ease and comfort as the attack from the enemy? Which it and so when is. we are making that choice, like maybe I'm choosing to be sinful. <laughs> I really do. I have felt so convicted and I do feel like my busyness has been from the enemy. My counselor challenged me a few weeks ago um, to disappoint someone mm-hmm. like outside of my home. <laughs> and oh, it's coming, I'll get ready. It's <laughs> no, I what I did was in another confession, I didn't. I yeah. chose to not disappoint anyone. And then I didn't have time to cook dinner and I have been overwhelmed and stressed mm-hmm. <laughs> and my family has seen the effects of that. Mm-hmm. And I've learned from that, thankfully. But um, yeah, we can't always make everybody happy. And I saw in a or I heard on a podcast mm-hmm. that women have a really hard time prioritizing and mm-hmm. um, we say we're good at it, but we're not. Mm-hmm. We put everything as like number one or I and I saw that right. in myself. I like to hold them on. Everything is yeah, I'm going to get this all done. And you can't, we only have so much time in a day. So it really does come down to what matters more right? Um, and stopping and asking yourself that. So, right. and for me anyway, what that also boils down to, if we take it, like if we do the why, 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 mm-hmm. it boils down to pride. Yes. We yes. Think that we have to be everything to everyone. We're everybody's savior. We are Jesus and we are mm-hmm. not. And even just yesterday, I told, I, took the day off of work. I spent the entire day resting. I spent a lot of time with God and just in self-reflection. And, um, and that was one of the things that I came to also was why have I not made time for rest? And it's because things keep coming at me and I keep saying yes. And it's my own pride and my refusal to say no, Mm -hmm. or I've got to stop for my own health. And so yesterday was kind of this harsh reality. Like you've got to say no or your body is going to say no for you. Did you even see that as an option before? Because when my counselor was like, who are you going to disappoint? I was like, oh, what do you mean? Like, we can't do that. <laughs> right. Like, this is not yeah. okay. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. No. And, you know, there's this weird culture in the church, too. I feel like um, if people are going to disappoint someone, they're most likely going to disappoint us because they think we will have grace. And so this is like a weird thing for me as a pastor to have this discussion because I feel like people will step out of volunteering or step out of a role or say no to us before they will say no elsewhere. Mm. And I don't think that's, um, you know, like, oh, I've got to be at soccer. Oh, I've got to be at the PTA meeting. Oh, I've got to, you know, do this for my kid and I've got to take them there and whatever, but I'm not going to be able to be at Bible study this week. Like that's where people say no Mm -hmm. first is what I have realized. No, the first no we say is usually to God. And I think we see it in our personal lives too, right? It's easy to say, oh, I'll do my quiet time later. Oh, I'll pray a little less today. Oh, I'll do whatever. Like we, in we, it's the ease, right? And it's because God is gracious and we're like, he will, he'll be okay with this. Or my life group leader is gracious and they'll be okay if I just don't come this time. Mm-hmm. Like, and instead of doing the hard thing, and I just think, you know, like we, we need a whole priority check mm-hmm. the whole way around. And when we talk about doing what's hard, I think the discipline of time with God and putting our spiritual lives actually first is 
of utmost importance. Mm -hmm. I've seen the both sides of that. Like I, I've seen when I have committed to too many Mm -hmm. spiritual things Mm -hmm. um, and that is not the best either. Mm -hmm. But I've also just on Tuesday night, I had a really hard time coming in the room (laughs) and it was hard to even get my son in the car seat and do all the things. And then he screamed right as we were walking out the door. Mm -hmm. My husband just found out bad news with his work. My daughter's foot was hurting. It was just I was like, I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay home. And I told myself that like five times and I'd argue and I'm like, no, you need to go. I know when I am feeling that way, it's a certain feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's because I have, I need to go. Mm-hmm. God wants me there and the enemy is trying to keep me. And so I'm going to go yep. and I'm going to be a little bit late because I have to feed my son now. But yeah. I came and yes, it was because I needed to. I think that all the attacks were right before I left. Right. So right. choosing the hard, right. like, that was hard. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. resistance, sometimes resistance comes at us and like in form of attack mm-hmm. and we choose the easy Mm-hmm. Like, okay, no, I'm not going to do this. And I think that is a sign of spiritual maturity. As we grow in our spiritual walk, we recognize that. And we can recognize, oh, if this assault is coming at me right now, this is resistance. And therefore I need to push forward and move into this and fight whatever is coming against. Yeah. And I saw several people do that this past week. And I think it was because God really wanted people to be there. And I also saw a whole lot of ladies who didn't show up and no guilt heaping on them. Um, we have been wired to do what's easiest. Mm-hmm. And when things get hard, we just say, sorry, I'm going to yeah, stay home and get in my pajamas, which is what I wanted to do because I'm wired to do the right. easy. Right. We're, we're wired to do that. So yeah, I think we, we need to we need to priority check. I think mm-hmm. that's good. And then we need to start seeing the easiest path is typically not the best path. Yeah. Hmm. And like you said, there's, well, Rebecca said it first, but you repeated it. There's certain rhythms that are going to help, like that we can prioritize that are going to help the decline of age. Mm -hmm. Um, But even if you're not to 50, Mm -hmm. help with your mental and spiritual and physical health. Right. And she talked about, it's not enough to stop the anxiety. We oh, have yes. to create new, we have to create new pathways, right? We have to make new mental pathways. So our brains have what's called neurogenesis, which is the ability to create new neurons in mm-hmm. our brain. And then we also have what's called neuroplasticity, which creates new pathways between the neurons, which we've talked about a little bit. Right. So over time we can continue to grow the size of our brain and we can also con- grow the way that our brain works, create those new pathways. And so that's what you're talking about is the reason that we do that or how we do that is by creating rhythms in our life. But we have to recognize the the reason for doing that is because if we're just in a habit of situation arises, we get stressed, turns into anxiety, then we start having these anxious moments and our go-to has just been Let's put these steps in place to stop the anxiety. Mm -hmm. All we're doing is stopping the anxiety. And the next time that we're in that situation, the anxiety is going to come back and come back and come back. And it's just going to be a anxious, stop, anxious, stop, anxious, stop. And we're actually creating probably neuropathways. We're deepening that. right, Right. Because we're getting into that rut of every time I do, every time I walk into a bathroom, I'm going to feel anxious, you know, and then I'm going to sit on the toilet and I'm going to pray and ask God to stop this anxious. And so instead we have to create new pathways in our brain and that takes intentionality and that's where the hard comes in and that's where the work comes in. And then that's where we make this transition into 
how do we how do we do that? It's through rhythms. And Rebecca wrote a whole other book on this. Which it's one of my favorite which books. Which we highly recommend. <laughs> right. yes. Rhythms of Renewal was, mm-hmm. I think, probably the last book she wrote before this one. Yep. Maybe. Yeah, she wrote a devotional in between, but yes. Yeah. yeah, and so that book then leans into these four rhythms. You want to just briefly go over them, then we can discuss them for just a few minutes here. Yes, she yes, she has rest, restore, connect, and create. Mm-hmm. And she talks really deeply about each one of those rhythms. But yeah. um, she actually says that they go in that order. Okay. Like she says that you start with rest mm-hmm. and you get good at rest. And then from rest, you can start restoring, which is more of like a physical. And I know we'll talk about this Mm -hmm. a little bit more, but then once you have rest and restore, you can go to connect, which is when you go out and you connect with people and it, and then from those three, you can create. So she says there are new things into the world. Yeah. She says that, um, there's an order. mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Also the first two are our input rhythms, right? And the second two are the output rhythms. So Mm -hmm. it is interesting. Let's just dive into these for a few minutes here. Um, Some things that would happen in the rest rhythm, things Mm -hmm. that we would put into practice. And this is where it just becomes practical. So we're kind of going to. Which last semester we talked a lot about rest. So Mm -hmm. if you want to go back and listen to any of our podcasts from last semester, they were all about rest. Yes. So she talked first about doing a tech detox. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's interesting that that's where it starts. But when we're talking, we've already said, like, we're just too busy. And I think our technology is a big feeder of that. It's also a big feeder of all the mental noise that we have going on in our brains. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first thing she talks about is just doing a tech detox, like get off of social media. And both of us have done this. Um, routinely. Sometimes we do it like once a week, we just do a day without. Sometimes we'll do a week or a month or a season. Mm -hmm. I've done whole, you know, like. And it just really is discernment because I know both of us. um, And for me specifically, I will just know that I need to take it right detox and I'll do it for like she said a week or sometimes it's months Mm -hmm. it just depends yeah yeah Yeah. and it's tricky and I get it you know I I use technology a lot for work Mm -hmm. um so it's hard to be completely off of um social media because I use it so much for work but also there are there are seasons and even just recently I've kind of been getting that feeling again like almost I'm actually feeling very bored of it Like, I feel like I get on there and I'm like, this is just boring me. I don't even want to spend time. And then I just set it aside because I'm bored of it. And then like, okay, well then maybe you just shouldn't be on there at all. Um, She also talks about, there's a chapter on quiet. And this is one that I am struggling with, but right now, and especially yesterday and taking that quiet time, feeling very called to is implementing a rhythm of quiet in my life trying to be more quiet, trying to be more still. Um, God can't speak to us if we don't slow down. Mm -hmm. And so just really feeling very hungry to hear from him more and feeling like that's going to require quiet. I love that rhythm. I have been bad at it though, since, since having my son, but I want to implement that again. Yeah. And I, you know, it does, it happens in seasons Mm -hmm. and there are seasons when it just is hard and we, we can have grace for that, but even if it is a few moments, Mm -hmm. putting that in is so important. Talks about confession, which we've already covered this season, just examining your own heart. And she says that we need the quiet to get to the confession. So in order to really be introspective, we have to get quiet. 
which you saw yesterday, as you mentioned, like being in the quiet, you had a lot of reflection. Every time I'm quiet, maybe not every time, but a lot of the times God reveals things to me that I did not see. And it's super cool. I always am like, wow. But um, yeah, I do a lot of not intentional reflection. It really feels like he's just bringing things out where he's like, let's work on this or let's talk about this. Um, Have you noticed? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with that, she also talks about sleep rhythms, which I've actually been looking into the science of this, talking to my college kiddos a little bit about that, <laughs> but just about getting rhythms in place. And the very most important thing that I've learned, I watched a couple um, like TED Talks with this guy who's like the most renowned sleep expert, whatever, but um, having an actual rhythm, going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time is probably the most important thing Mm -hmm. that we can do um, in getting a healthy rhythm of sleep in our lives and just of having restorative sleep. I mean, there's all sorts of other things too with keeping your room cool and having darkness and, you know, all of those things, but, but having that set sleep schedule. And Mm -hmm. so trying to put that into place. And then she talks about having a morning routine. So then also when we wake up, getting into a routine and a lot of that for her, you know, is prayer and Bible reading and those sorts of Mm -hmm. things. I also, this is just a tidbit, but I just saw on a podcast with a Harvard neuroscientist. He said, you shouldn't drink coffee for two hours after you wake up. Mm -hmm. I know. I actually knew that and I choose to ignore it. (laughs) (laughs) I do try to eat breakfast before I drink coffee because that's really important too. There's this whole thing Mm -hmm. with where the chemicals like land. He talked about like parking spots in the brain. And I was like, this is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Also, I need to put that into um, better effect. And then Sabbath is the last piece of rest and just taking that day a week. We've talked about this before. Super important to resting. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about restore what, yes. what we need to do. So we have rest and again, restore and rest are both input rhythms. Mm-hmm. Restore is like I said, more of physical, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has play. It says highly playful adults feel the same stressors as anyone else, but they appear to experience and react to them differently, mm-hmm. allowing stressors to roll off more easily than those who are less playful. Yeah. Which totally I have seen in my own life and in other lives mm-hmm. or in others. Um, when you're playing and you're laughing and you're, you know, your mm-hmm. your whole mental focus is different. And so when stress comes at you, it's still stressful, but right. you can move past it. I think ease much maybe more right? quickly. Like, yeah. It just, yes. There's just an ease of life. Definitely. So she talks about play in her book. Um, she goes horseback riding and does things that like invigorate her and they mm-hmm. kind of scared her at first, but she chose to do them anyways. Right. I think one of the things in this chapter too, or one of the chapters here was intentional adventure and that kind yeah. of had to do with that too. Like oh yeah. Choosing, right. Like choosing to do things Absolutely. that are adventuresome. And Karen and I went ice skating. <laughs> When we read this the first time, <laughs> um, which I'm bad at ice skating. So it was adventurous, but, but, but we laughed and we played mm-hmm. and we had fun. And you do. You just feel better. Yep. Um, some other ones are, let's see, clean eating, mm-hmm. which we've talked about through this podcast, but um, knowing your identity in Christ, mm-hmm. um, walking which she talks a lot about. And I know she still does it because she posts on her Instagram a lot about it. It's one of her favorite rhythms. I just read an article about walking too. And it said, when we stop walking is when the decline 
actually mm-hmm. happens. And one of the most important things when you asked earlier, like, what do we do to stop the decline is one of the most important things we can do is walking. Do you want to know why I don't walk? Why? Because I don't have time. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I want to. And I've seen yeah. the benefits of it, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know why. I just, yeah. I'm going to make time yes. though. And that's the thing, right? When we say we don't have time, we've got the time. We we choo- choo- I'm choosing to do other right? things. Right? And I'm the same. I'm throwing myself in mm-hmm. that same bag, <laughs> but yeah. But I have seen the benefits of walking and you walk, but you intentionally walk to work, which it's not far for those of you that don't know. She lives in the parking lot, but it's a big parking lot. And on snowy days or like days that aren't the best, I would choose to not walk, but you still choose to walk um, and breathe in fresh air. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really good. And like, that's kind of making it a rhythm, incorporating it into what you do every day. Yeah. Um, Another one is intentional adventure. Like we talked Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm exercise which you're good at and I stink at haven't been great at it um (laughs) I like to set goals maybe that's what you should do I'm doing a Spartan race soon um but because I know that I'm like all right let's go yeah um so yeah and then do things outside of your comfort zone which again we talked about right you could look at exercise outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> you yeah. do though, you get into good rhythms of it. It just yes. bores you. <laughs> yes. And then I get bored and then I quit. Yes. So, okay. So all of these things, again, input, most of it very much has to do with our physical body. So these are ways that we create rhythms with our physical body, that we do the resistance training mm-hmm. so that our bodies are better able to handle and be resilient when things come against our bodies. Yeah. You know, we, um, have a lady in our church who just had a massive surgery this week. And I texted her and I said, you are going to bounce back because your body is so fit and you have trained your body so well. This is going to be an easy one for you, Mm -hmm. which would normally take most of us down. It would take me down because I, my body isn't that fit. And, and we see that. So, you know, if we want to be resilient as we grow older, then we do these things and we push our bodies and we challenge them. The next one is connect. And this again is, is an output. So this is where we put into others, where we Mm -hmm. pour into others. And this is an important rhythm for being resilient. And we've talked about some of these things because we talked, you know, with Jenny Allen's book before find your people, but it's about being the kind of friend that we want to have and being vulnerable and hospitable and processing pain with others. There's a whole chapter on hugging and just physical touch, which I love. And mm. I'm just going to say right now, I keep pu- trying to push you out of your comfort zone I in know. this. Have you noticed? When I we do. Hug, I you hold me hold for a long longer. time. I know. I'm always like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause um, I've gotten used to hugging you now, Yeah, but now you're making me hug you for a long time. I know. I keep <laughs> holding it longer and it's not even that long. It's like five seconds. I will hold Valerie and I'm like, you know, for a hug to be good, it has to be a minute. And she's like, squirming squirming is that what I do I do yes, you do too you like okay are we done now the body the body is like tensing and I'm like mm, not yet nope we're not uncomfortable done. Um, yeah. but she has a whole chapter on hugs which I love and then on um focusing on our marriage like retreating and doing things with marriage and then a chapter on apologizing so just all of this is on how we connect with others and putting these rhythms in place and for me I think and I am not good at and I it's it's again that I'm too busy and, but the hospitality piece is big and just wanting to be more hospitable and be like, if people drop by, that's awesome. Um, but our society has gotten out of that rhythm entirely. Yeah. Of just stopping by and just hanging out at a friend's house and grabbing coffee and just sitting and talking. And so 
that's one where I want to be more intentional. Mm-hmm. That's when I've been working on. In fact, I've been doing better this season yep. since I've been talking about all the things I've been sucking at. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, that one is. And it's strange too um, that it's really US mm-hmm. type I think so. um, culture mm-hmm. that yeah. makes it this, weird. Again, goes back to find your people, read mm-hmm. that book if you haven't, but same thing. Same thing. The next one we're going to talk about more, but it's create. And we're going to talk about this in the next couple episodes. But she talks about how once you've kind of gotten these other rhythms down, then you can create and Mm -hmm. put out that way. Mm -hmm. And that even if you don't think you're creative, you are because God made you. And it might not be in the way you think, but um, or think it should be, but you are. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. I'm excited about that. Uh, That's where I come alive mm-hmm. in that space. Um, yeah. So just good, good stuff. We need to be resilient. We need to train ourselves to be resilient. And the only way that's going to happen is if we start doing hard things, Resistance. start putting in the work and training ourselves and recognizing you're really good at reminding of this, that it is a process and it takes time and don't get upset if it doesn't happen right away. I'm good at reminding you of this, <laughs> yes. not myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it is going to take time. Mm-hmm. If we're going to create new pathways in our brains, if we're, go- if I'm going to get stronger, if I'm going to, you know, whatever, if we're going to start eating better, it's going to take time. It is a process. Have grace. And she talks about, do not <clears throat> try and make all of these things rhythms in your life mm-hmm. at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, she says that in rhythms of renewal, mm-hmm. pick one and then do it for a while and then add in another one. Um, yeah. But we recommend reading that book. It's really yes. good. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we will thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sitting in and listening. And hopefully as we process these things and do our little co-counseling thing here, (laughs) it is somehow helpful to you and you are gaining from this experience as well. Um, If you are, you know, I never say like and share and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff, but really if this is helping you, then do that. Share it. Share it with somebody else. Tell somebody else, hey, I listened to this podcast and it was helpful to me and maybe it will be for you too. Yeah. Um, I think that is part of that connect discipline or that connect rhythm that we put in our lives. And, you know, I'm forever sending things to you that I'm like, hey, listen to this. And then you send me a podcast. Mm -hmm. Hey, listen to this. It is part of friendship and um, it makes someone feel like you thought of them Mm -hmm. when you say, hey, I listened to this. I watched this. I read this. And it might benefit you too. And that you care about them. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, do that. Share with somebody else. Let them know what you're learning and encourage them. And as always, we encourage you to keep, keep looking, looking above. above.